So, we're at, what, what do we call this place? Temescal Creek Co-housing. Wonderful. And, and you welcomed me in and, and fed me and I saw at the, uh, the common house and got to see the grounds in the, in the beautiful um, nighttime with the, the kind of fog candle lighting in the background and that really um, ambient walk through the place and, and um, everything I've seen so far is amazing and, and really um, appreciate you giving me both your time and, and welcoming in and um, yeah so if you just want to say a little about yourself and you know tell us who you are and and go around the room a little how's that sound fine well I'm Karen Hester and uh, I was one of the original members starting Temescal Creek co-housing here in 1999 and um, Jennifer can introduce herself Hi, I'm Jennifer Ryan, and um, I've lived here for seven years. Um, obviously not one of the original members since the community's been here for, what, 17 years, 18 years? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, right on. Oh, yeah. I mean, just to let the listeners know, um, my reason for wanting to do this is, is um, a few years back, the idea of um, I got divorced and I had the experience of losing all my immediate community, friends, neighbors, the person I'm living with. And I, I had the experience of like, well, this sucks. You know, and I was, I was like, what, like if, if, imagine this happening when I was 60 or 70 and then, uh, you know, having nothing like, how, do I really want to live my life like this? So for me, that was a big wake up call of there's got to be a better way or, or the way I'm living isn't working for me mm -hmm. and, and something's got to change. And so when I started asking that question of how can I live differently, answers like co-housing and, and things came up for me. And, and so that's why I'm here. Um, yeah, I don't know. So what, like I, what, what can you, if you got into an elevator and there was a, a, a guy that works for the national ministry of, of housing and zoning regulations, and you had like two floors to, to tell him some of your long experience knowledge, like what would you try to tell this person to, you know, they're about to make a big decision on, on housing affecting the whole world or the nation. Like, is there anything that you would love to, like, share with them about what you've learned? Yeah, well, I mean, I think co-housing is definitely one of the best models for just um, living in a society that's becoming, you know, it is becoming more and more alienated, I think, for a lot of people, the way they live. So um, we all crave community, and um, I think one of the just more most rewarding things to do um, where you live is to create your community. So co-housing is one model, but it, it certainly has proven to work. Uh, it's, I mean, it came from Denmark, so it certainly works in Europe. And, um, and I think, you know, you're right. We, we, I mean, we, our ancestry is we, you know, we lived as tribes. And so mm -hmm. this is kind of a modern take on that. Um, and, um, but we do need resources and uh, support for getting the word out about how to, how to get community started. Um, well, some of the things that I enjoy about co-housing is that um, you have people that know what's going on with you all the time. Mm. And um, you share things with them. Um, you kind of get involved in each other's lives. Yeah, and one of the things about co-housing is it can be as much or as little as you care to be involved. Um, but 
you know, whenever something happens that's difficult in someone's life, people rally around. Um, and just even with the day to day, you know, we have the opportunity to share um, times with people's children that we wouldn't ordinarily have if we didn't, you know, I mean, I'm, my kids are grown and um, I have one grandson who lives on the other coast. Um, by living here, I get an opportunity to be exposed to kids, you know, all the way up and down the age spectrum. Um, so it's an opportunity to to have that kind of grandparent-like experience, even though my own grandchild is not is not nearby. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, my um, I'm currently living. My wife and our two and a half year old toddler are living in Alameda in a little um, condo association. And I, I get the sense from some of the older um, neighbors that that they really. Like when we brought Tavish into the world and into the community, they were like, like their face would light up anytime they mm -hmm. see him. They're like to get that, you know, like they probably, I don't know how long they've gone without that. And then to just to have a little taste of it, it seemed like they really um, appreciated that. And, and the kind of, like I've had that experience of coming home to that community because it's not really a community, but, and mm -hmm. feeling like, man, it'd be so nice just to be able to go. We have that common house sitting there, but it, it never gets used maybe yeah. once a twice a year. I don't know what it, the frequency is. What, it's but like it's, a clubhouse? It's okay. a clubhouse, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. it just sits there. And I'm like, yeah. just someplace like that where like I come home and look, oh, look, there's like, there's Joe, Bob, and they're hanging out. Like I'm going to pop in and, and like right. just something like, you know, like just to, as a starting point to have something beyond just pull into the garage at the thing. And yeah, uh, so like, yeah, and that's the thing, um, co-housing, the way, you know, the architecture typically is, that it really encourages people to have just these, Jennifer mentioned, like these daily interactions that are can be very casual so that, um, for instance, where they would put the mailboxes would be a place you'd have to mm. pass each other. Or obviously the laundry is in the common house so that you see each other when you're going to take your laundry in. I mean, it's made up of just dozens of those very daily interactions. And that's what creates bonds to people, you know, besides eating together twice a week, which is, of course, what we just experienced. And that was a typical meal. Lots of conversation you could see going on, you know, just people wanting to know what was going on in each other's lives and, and a lot of joy and laughter too. Um, and it's not, all, you know, and there's the serious times and there's the meeting times and, you know, but it's the whole spectrum. Uh, and when you've, you know, really lived with people for years like that, you do get to know them well, especially in a smaller community, I would say. So, um, again, I, I mean, I think it's, it's a, a model that has worked and it's, you know, some of these communities have been around now for 25 years, I guess, or something like that. So, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's just a lot of examples of what can work. Mm -hmm. And, and I think the main thing is, you know, what I just like to leave people with to the idea is that nobody's going to do it for you. And if, if you're attracted to this idea, we'll make it happen, you know, and yes, we can, you know, we can show people we have a thriving community. We can be a model, but really it's just up to people's, um, I don't know, I guess their in innovation and kind of creativity, um, especially in a, it's difficult in a market like the Bay Area where everything is so expensive. Um, and, you know, I don't even know if it's possible really to start a lot of different communities in the Bay Area right now. I know I'd be looking in other places if it were me mm. at this point. Because um, when we started this 18 years ago, you know, it was very different in terms of the cost of buying property. But... 
I think the sky's the limit, you know, for what's possible for people if they have the desire to connect with their neighbors and, and do it in a, you know, in a kind of a, an organized way that's been proven that will work. So you're not spinning the wheels. Um, Cause you know, there's a, been a lot of experiments too that just haven't really lasted, which is okay. But if you really want something that's going to have a legacy, I think then, you know, maybe learn from the experience of co-housing. It's interesting. You say the, um, I heard a, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they threw out the idea that, um, like anytime I talk to somebody about community, usually one of the first things they say is, oh, they, they have a high failure rate mm-hmm. and that like that, that you're just going to put all this time, energy, resources going to fail. That's, you know, why even bother? And then somebody else pointed out that the failure rate for communities is the same as the failure rate for a, a business, a mm-hmm. startup business. And mm-hmm. the idea that like nobody says don't start a business or don't, don't, you know, like that's crazy. Who would start a business? Mm-hmm. You know, but when it comes to communities, like, ah, you know, that's even though they have the identical that's failure or success rate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. It's just, it seems like it's not anything to do with uh, practical or, or monetary. It's uh, a cultural bias that we, that mm-hmm. somehow it's just not um, acceptable. So it's, that really jumped out at me. Do you, do you have anything to add? Or? Um, well, not necessarily about that. I guess I was thinking um, there have been a couple places where people have created communities out of within co- uh, condo associations. Mm. And they've just created it with a subset of people in the condo. I, I mean, I think in one case it was like a huge condo and they got 10 households to participate. Oh, really? Yeah. But, um, depend. you know, that, that might be an interesting model in this particular housing market where... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that does, that avoids all the startup costs, all this, all the time lag for construction, um, you know, and it might be something that could work, you know, if you got 10 households in a condo association. So they kind of within, let's say a hundred unit thing, 10 people kind of branched off and did as many own. people as want, oh, you know, um, interesting. I hadn't heard of that and that before. you then create a community amongst yourselves. If there's a clubhouse that you can use, use the clubhouse. Um, I think in one case they turn they bought a unit and turned the unit into the common house. Uh, so, um, you know. do you know if there's like official name for that or? or um, you mean like to, like how would I find find it? Find out. Um, yeah. I don't know. I might be able to find it. Okay. Well, I'll, if we find it, I'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, yeah. that's really interesting. So that that's kind of the, the I'm looking at. 65 units is, is where I live now. It's right on the bay in Alameda. It, like the grounds have like, there's so much land and so much potential and mm-hmm. the clubhouse is there. And like, I, you know, my mind goes crazy just yeah. how cool it could be. All but the then uh, all this resistance there. and like, come on, you know, so it's well, like. So, I mean, can you reserve the con- the clubhouse? Uh, yes. It's like $25 a pop or something. Fine. So reserve the clubhouse twice a week for dinners. There you go. That's and, great. Who, and, you know, whoever participates has to pre- contribute to the $25 fee. There you go. If you have 25 people, it's only a buck a person. There you go. That's a great idea. Thank you. Anyway. I like it. Yeah. And then you just have to get people to cook. But, you know, you can always just start off with pot, <laughs> well, just with potlucks, you know. I mean, whatever. If there's, you know, I do think it's a lot about just having the vision and then um, just trying to get the buy-in on the vision, you know. That's, that's how things start to happen. So well, I, I hear you different. talking very like fondly about this place and community in general. When I 
talk to people about condos or, or like we had, you know, the various contractors when we we're doing the thing and they're, and like all of them have this very negative thing of like, oh, you know, the HOA and you're going to have to deal with this and they don't want it. They're a bunch of NIMBYs and they it seems like it's a radically different. It's absolutely radically different. And oh, we, yeah. uh, we all know people who are in just Condos. condo associations and everybody has the same complaint because it's, it's, you know, a few people on the board and you don't have mass participation. And that's the very much the difference of co-housing in this community. You know, every community, everybody is, you know, is welcomed and expected to come to the meetings mm. and make the decisions. And you operate by consensus, typically with a fallback majority. And so it's a, just a whole different model. And so there's a very high level of investment about what happens in these decisions that get made. So there's not some us and them. It's like us, you know, it's just we're all making these decisions together and we're all and those are the decisions we're going to live by. So when we say, you know, our condo rules, well, yeah, we all worked on them together and we that's how we what we live by. Um, and, you know, an example of using consensus um, in this community, I don't know if it's zero or one time. When you've had to fall back with the painting issue? No, we never, we never, never did we have to fall back. used consensus, okay. yeah. Okay, so there's never been a time in the entire 18 years of this community when consensus hasn't been how decisions were made. Wow. Um, you so know, describe quite, the consensus. Is it like everyone or a certain percentage? Or? No, it's everyone. Everyone, um, wow. But the idea is that you only... Um, withhold your consent. You, I mean, you can, you can pass or um, not participate, but you only withhold your consent or oppose it. If there's really a reason that it's in your view, contrary to the community's goals. Mm. Um, you know, for example, if, if there's a proposal that in your view is way too expensive for the community and it's just, it's going to pose too much of a hardship on people. That might be an example of where you might um, block consensus. Um, but part of the approach with consensus is you get min minority support. And sometimes you do that by um, making compromises, by doing trials, by saying, okay, we're going to do the renovations or the gardening improvements on these yards on this, this year, and we'll do the other yards next year, that sort of thing. Hmm. That sounds... I just, I'm still wrapping my head around the idea that everybody agrees on, uh, like my, just as an example of the, like, the experience I've had in the current place I live where we go to the board meeting and it is a very, like you said, a us versus them, where the yeah. board has all the power and they have, exactly. there's an agenda of two hours or wherever it is. And the only people who show up to the meetings are the ones who have a list of complaints. And so it's a very like negative versus like people showing up and say, oh, I can't wait to try this. You know, what do you guys think? And, and let's talk about this and come in. Yeah, like it's night and day. It's night and day. Of, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of like somebody says, hey, can we buy a disco ball? You know, and everyone goes, yes. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> and so, yeah, but, you know, the, but it's also hard work, you know, and it's, you know, there are our many, many hours of many meetings and there's subcommittee meetings. And so you have to have a high... Uh, level of commitment and, you know, and also high level of th a threshold, I think, you know, for compromise. Um, it's not for everybody, uh, for sure. And, um, but in the end, it's decisions that we, you all make together and that you're going to live with. And the thing is, you know, you could be kind of, you know, wh whatever, have a conflict with somebody, but you're going to be sitting ne down next to them at dinner the next mm. night, perhaps. So, you know, you're, you're thinking about your long-term relationships with these people. Right. And you don't want to get into, you know, like 
you and your family are the biggest assholes in the world, you know, when you're going to be sitting down to dinner with them the next night. That makes sense. Yeah, it, it sounds it's like it's hard more, to divide into different camps that yeah. after the meeting you never see each other and can like no, segregate yeah. yourself and all you that. You know, and it's of. not that some meetings don't get emotional and feelings get hurt and all those kinds of things, but but in co-housing typically, I mean, you just have a commitment to, um, yeah, the end result, which is taking care of each other. And and it's all about getting to, you know, an agreement that people, everybody can live with and, and embrace to some extent, you know. And also, you know, sometimes you make not the best decisions maybe as a group. You know, not always is it perfectly decided. But then again, what we've done here, when sometimes we, you know, done something as a trial, it's like, well, that worked for a while. And now it's a different set of people here and it's really not meeting those people's needs, you know. But the basic things haven't really changed in 18 years, which is eating together twice a week, having a monthly work party, having a monthly meeting, and having enough fun together to get you through the difficult times. I mean, to me, those are like the bottom line, uh, basic things that haven't, they just haven't changed in 18 years. And it doesn't really matter who's been here. You know, it's kind of like, it's just, it's a, it's a culture that we've, that we've really promoted. And I think it, it, it proves um, itself by that people come here and they're excited to be here. Even if, if they're owning, they're renting or, you know, or maybe they're just coming through for, I mean, a, a briefer time. You know, for dinner, they can feel that there's a lot of love and just um, excitement that's that we're generating. It's it's a fun place to be. One of the things about this community that I've lived in three co-housing communities. Oh, um, all, all here in the Bay Area? No, uh-uh. I lived in Washington, D.C. Okay. Um, that was the first community I lived in for several years. And then I lived in uh, Doyle Street um, in Emeryville uh-huh. for a year uh, as a renter. Um, and then I moved here. Um, this community is, I think, somewhat unique in its decision-making. And my explanation is that, um, when Karen started this community, she had, they had to move really quickly. They came up, they had three buildings. They had an opportunity to buy them. If everybody, and these people were people that sort of only knew each other indirectly. Correct me if I make mistakes in relating this. Um, and, um, they had a very short window to pull together the money, to decide what they were going to do, to decide if they were going to buy or not and go for it. And they did. And over the next year or two, they had a huge amount of work to just bring the property up to bare minimum standards, to condoize it, to do all kinds of things. They were meeting every week um, for several years. And I think that that experience for those people and that a lot of the people are still here and that legacy has continued, has, I think, led people to have a much more um, sympathetic view to everyone's idiosyncrasies and the idea of if some people want this, let's try to make this happen. Mm. And let's try, let's don't spend a lot of time arguing about everything. Let's just agree to stuff. Mm. Um, and so I think this, this community can make decisions. They're really complicated and hard very quickly. Um, which is not was not true in the other communities I lived in. Interesting. So, which also operated by consensus and basically worked fine. But I think this community has an ability to use consensus effect more effectively than a lot of other places. Mm. I'm, it sounds like what I'm hearing is kind of that that growing phase was a lot of um, 
there are a lot of deposits in the emotional bank account of, of everyone. Mm-hmm. Like you, you didn't have time to bicker. You were too much. There was too much work to be done. Everyone just kind of like, and in, in a really bonding kind of way that when you came out of it, you're like, oh, you know, the, the dishes, who gives a shit? <laughs> it will all work out. Like, it, like it was, Yeah. I mean, there was, yeah, there was definitely commitment to, yeah, just kind of the end result and let's, let's move through it, you know, and also, um, a lot of people had, had had experience in nonprofits, and and we already had a lot of you know experience in decision making and consensus building and and shared responsibility and just meeting facilitation and all those things and you know and then there's just a little bit of magic that was thrown in as well and we got lucky and we worked hard but we also got lucky it, it was a time period which I think you know was just a great time period to experiment with some different things. It's harder now in the Bay Area, for sure. You know, if you if you kind of blow it and you get the wrong property at the wrong price at the wrong time, I mean, you know, it could be a problem. And then it just back then it wasn't such a big deal. So I I think I need to go. Okay. So yeah. I think we're, I think if that's okay, I think we're yeah. not done. Well, anything you want to, like, how can people get a hold of you and, and anything you want to say that hasn't um, been said? Or? Yeah, I mean, I think... People, there is a national website, cohousing.org, and that's really the best way to learn about co-housing. I would just encourage people to, you know, it, um, kind of start there. There's also ebcoho.org, and Rains um, Cohen and other people have been had a lot of energy putting people together, you know, through that organization as well. Those are kind of the best resources. Yeah, are you doing any consulting, uh, co-housing uh, consulting really. at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Karen has done that. I've in done the past. a lot, but I yeah, I'm not really I'm probably not, I'm not really in a position to do it for the no, next few months. Yeah, but at some point down the road, you might be. Yeah. yeah. Anything you want to add? It's a great place to live. I'm happy living here. Right on, right on. Well, thank you both for your time and yeah, inviting sure. me, and I appreciate and enjoyed this conversation. And um, yeah, thanks so much. Sure. Excellent.